Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. I was uh, praising God the other day because it wasn't that long ago where I stood before the church and gave the vision of the Kingsman Discipleship Home. It wasn't too long ago where it did not exist in reality or in uh, concrete, but we praise God. Now we have about maybe 11 men in the home that are praying and learning about Jesus and serving God. So praise God that it's not too often where you get to see the fruition of your vision come to pass. So I want to thank everybody for your prayers as well as your financial support as we seek to actually purchase the home next year. Uh, and we're so grateful for God and what he's doing amongst us. Someone shout amen. I want to encourage you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14. Uh, before we do uh, get into the Word, I want to thank you for your prayers. Last week, we were in the nation of Guatemala, and uh, we got to minister uh, to various uh, places over there, including two rehab homes. There goes one picture right there. Uh, and the other pictures of another rehab home. Uh, but the main reason kind of we went over there was to continue to kind of get vision uh, from God on what he would want us to establish in Latin America. And we really feel that this last time God kind of like kind of confirmed some things. And so, uh, again, I'm standing before you right now, kind of going to share with you part of what we feel that God is calling us to do, and this is kind of like a thousand foot kind of view of it, but we really believe that God is leading us to launch a Kingsman discipleship home there in Guatemala that simultaneously serves as a church and simultaneously serves as a ministry hub whereby we could launch and sustain other kingdom work throughout Guatemala and even Latin America. So we're believing that from that ministry hub, we'll, we'll develop pastors and leaders and restore families and uh, raise up uh, young people that love the Lord and even impact Latin America with the fresh hope of the gospel. So... I'm asking y'all to pray, all right? And uh, y'all don't seem too excited. <laughs> Last time I, I stood before, I said, pray about the Kingsmen home, right? And, and now we got the Kingsmen home. And uh, so pray about our work with Guatemala. In the long run, our prayer is that every year, maybe once or twice, we'll see, send a team of people from our church to do a kingdom work over there for a couple days, like short-time missionary work. So uh, one of the things that I've encouraged, the, uh, that I want the leaders to do is that when we do membership seminar at Chapel of Change, we ought to be handing out passport applications at the same time. Because if you're going to join Chapel of Change, you're going to impact the world with the gospel. Someone shout amen. So keep that in prayer. Keep that in prayer. 
we're eventually going to turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, but I want to share with you something that I've been wrestling with the last probably year or so. You know, our church is coming up on 11 years in October, and we're launching the prayer month in October. We're going to have a lot of prayer stations we want you to be a part of. We're also going to have a revival at the end of the month. But, you know, when we first started off the church, uh, we, by the grace of God, experienced levels of revival. I remember the first altar call, there was like 30 people who were surrendering their life to the Lord. And, and people continued to surrender their life to the Lord as we continued to preach the gospel and to do good in the community. And, um, but now, 11 years has passed by. And... It's very fascinating because I know without a shadow of a doubt that God's power is upon Chapel of Change. Like I know without a shadow of a doubt that we are experiencing a unique kind of expression of God's anointing, His power to save, His power to deliver, His power to heal. Uh, I was at our Whittier campus last night and... Uh, there was a young lady who came to the altar, and it's not a, at the Whittier campus, we don't have a beautiful altar like this. It's actually the ground. The altar is the ground. And this young lady came, and she fell on the ground, and she stayed on the, she wouldn't get up. And we had to extend the worship. We had to alter the service. That's a good type of altar right there. But the power of God had so gripped her heart. She was crying throughout the whole service that she falls to the ground and she stays on the ground. So I know that without a shadow of a doubt that the power of God is that chapel of change. That the anointing of God is that chapel of change. And it's fascinating because on one hand I rejoice. On one hand I praise God. But. And this is where we start to talk like family. And if you're a visitor here, I, we're glad you're here. We're going to let you eavesdrop in our conversation. But I'm talking about to those that are part of Chapel of Change. And, uh, you know, as, as the pastor, I have a, you, you don't realize this, but I have a holy responsibility for your soul and for the transformation of your soul and one day, uh, even though we rejoice at how many people, we got like six or seven services throughout the weekend, and we rejoice in the people that are coming to Chapel of Change, but one day, I'm going to have to stand before God and give account for your transformation, and that's a fearful thing to think about, and so I was wrestling with this, with this, this, this thought that, yes, we've experienced the power of God. And yes, people have been transformed and people have been healed and people have been delivered. But there's also been groups of people that have not been transformed. There's also been groups of people that have not been changed. And yet this is called Chapel of Change. <laughs> I always trip out on people that say, I don't like change. I don't like change. Well, you're part of Chapel of Change. And so, and so it makes me wonder, like, how, how can 
somebody be exposed to the power of God. And, and listen, listen, you're part of a church that believes in the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. You're also part of a church that believes in the Word of God. So every time you come here, you're going to get a dose of the Spirit of God, and you're going to get a dose of the Word of God. I know you get in the Word of God because I spent hours preparing to give you whatever the Lord uh, taught me. And yet there's still people that are not being transformed. Uh, there's people that are not being changed, and it boggles my mind. I said, God, what's happening? Because I don't want, I don't want, I'm not going to be to blame for that. <laughs> and I've, I'm realizing this is, and, and I know I'm venting, but let, let me vent a little bit, because some of y'all tell me your problems, and now it's time for me to tell you my problems, <laughs> right? And, and, and I, I'm, I'm wrestling with this, and I think I found the problem, and and the problem is, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about it again. The problem, I believe, the, the number one enemy to the kingdom of God, I believe, even beyond like the spirit of lust or the spirit of addiction or the spirit of fear, the number one enemy to the kingdom of God, I believe, is the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion. Uh, there's something about the spirit of religion that is so sophisticated and it's so sneaky and it's so stealth that it will have you thinking you are all right, but you're not all right. Thing about the spirit of religion is it doesn't mind you carrying a Bible. It doesn't mind you singing songs to Jesus. It doesn't mind you uh, lifting up your hands as long as you don't allow the word of God to fully take hold of your life. So I'm learning, this is what I'm learning is that we've got to break through the spirit of religion. We've got to break through the spirit of religion. And I've shared uh, with the congregation the story about an old Catholic monk by the name of Martin Luther who lived a couple hundred years ago. And Martin Luther uh, was a man of prayer. He was a man of fasting. He was a monk. Like, he was a monk. Like, how, how spiritual can one get when, you, when you're a monk, right? That's how I think, right? And, and yet he was still wrestling with, with shame and guilt. He was still wrestling uh, with condemnation, and he felt, he writes that he felt that he still wasn't saved. He felt that he still didn't have salvation, and this was years after he became a man of prayer, years after he became a man of fasting, and he was a monk, and yet he still felt like he was not saved. And he writes in his testimony that that one day he was wrestling with the gospel. He was, he was wrestling with the truths of God in the word, particular Romans. And he was wrestling with the gospel. And he writes in his testimony that he finally broke through. He uses that phrase, broke through, broke through. And many scholars believe that that was actually the moment of his salvation, that, that that was the moment of his transformation. That was that was the moment that the word of God finally penetrated his heart and that he broke through and, and, and that he experienced the love of God like never before. And many people actually say that, that even though he had been in church a long time, that was actually the moment he got saved. And so now my prayer is, is, is God... Help us to break through 
God, help us to break through. Help us to forsake the religious activities and and repent from religiosity. And Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, don't allow us to play games in church. Don't allow us to play games with your grace. But Lord, help us to break through. Break through. Break through. Someone say break through. So I want to... I, I want to I teach you for a couple of moments on this subject of spiritual breakthrough. In fact, I'm going to be talking about it in different spaces that, that you uh, 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 gather, that we gather in. But I want to talk about spiritual breakthrough. And I want to I introduce you to a prayer of Apostle Paul. This is one of the prayers of Apostle Paul. And I want to let you know that I've been praying this prayer for about 30 years now. I've been praying this prayer for myself about 30 years now. And I... I'm barely realizing how vital this prayer has been to my spiritual life. I'm barely realizing how vital that this particular prayer has been to my spiritual life. In fact, I would say that as a result of praying this prayer regularly, the the Holy Spirit has helped me from time to time to experience spiritual breakthroughs so that I don't stay stuck in a spirit of religion. See, see, my brothers and sisters, the longer you serve the Lord, the, the more easier you're going to be susceptible to a spirit of religion. And it's not if it hits you, it's when it hits you. And the question is whether you're not going to have the discernment enough to recognize it and fall on your knees and repent from the spirit of religion and say, Lord, give me another breakthrough. Give me another breakthrough. Someone shout breakthrough. So I want to help us. I want to help us to experience a breakthrough. In, in, let, me, let me read verses 14 through 21. Hear the word of the Lord. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Someone say inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, someone say grasp, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know, someone say no, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled, someone say filled, Filled with the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And the church says, Amen. My brothers and sisters, as we approach the holy word of God this afternoon or this morning, I note that Apostle Paul writes this believer, uh, this letter to the believers in Ephesus. Someone say Ephesus. Uh, it's actually believed that this letter is not to one particular church, but it, Paul is actually writing to a region of churches so it's possible that this letter was actually written to maybe hundreds, possibly even thousands of believers. And Apostle Paul's writing here assumes that there is a problem with the believers. 
When you really look at the writing, what he says and, and, and what he prays for, Apostle Paul assumes that there is a problem with the believers. What he says paints a picture of a problem. I want to I help us see it this morning. For example, in verse 16, it says that he prays that they be strengthened in their inner man. Notice what he prays for, that they be strengthened in their inner man. In verse 17, it says he desires Christ to dwell in their hearts. Someone say hearts. So notice he first prays for their inner man. Then he prays for their hearts, which is synonymous. And look at verse 19. He desires for them to be filled. Someone say filled. Filled with the fullness of God. Now, I want to suggest to us this morning that with these words, Apostle Paul hits the bullseye of their problem. Guess what their problem was? This is an open book test, so I'm going to give you the answer. Their problem was their hearts. It was their hearts. Why would Paul pray for their hearts? Why would he pray for their hearts? I'll tell you why. Because their hearts were weak. Something was wrong with their heart. You, when you pray for their hearts, that means there's something wrong with their heart. Why would Paul pray for them to be filled with the fullness of God? It's because they were empty or at least they were lacking. Why would he pray for them to be filled if not they were empty or they were leaking or they were lacking? And I want to suggest to us that there was something blocking God's truth from penetrating their hearts. There was something that was sealing off their hearts from the truth of God's word. They had the knowledge of God in their heads, but it wasn't penetrating their hearts. They had the knowledge of God in their heads, but it wasn't penetrating their hearts. And I want to suggest to you that this is part and partial of the spirit of religion, that the spirit of religion comes into your life to try to block that which is in your head to enter into your heart. The spirit of religion doesn't care if you memorize scripture. The spirit of religion doesn't care if you, if you have a knowledge of Jesus, does not care about the knowledge of Jesus because he wants to keep, the spirit of religion wants to keep that which is in your head from penetrating your heart. That's part and partial of the spirit of religion. And we see examples of this throughout the Bible. You remember the religious leaders of Jesus' day, the Pharisees? Remember them? They were people of the Bible. They were people who prayed. They were people who fasted. Yet Jesus rebuked them and said, uh, you have made the word of God to none effect because of your traditions. What's more powerful than the word of God? You would say nothing is more powerful than the word of God. But he told them that your, your spirit of religion has blocked the word of God from taking full effect into your life. Mm. There's examples of the spiritual, spirit of religion throughout the Bible. I, I remember I taught on the rich young ruler. Remember the rich young ruler? I believe it's in Mark chapter 10, a young man who looked like it had it all together. He looked at it like he had his life together, and he runs to Jesus, and he throws his uh, uh, life down at Jesus. He begins to ask the right questions about heaven and hell, and he actually had the nerve to tell Jesus that he's been in church all his life, that he knows the Bible, and you would think that Jesus would have embraced him, but instead Jesus blows him up. 
Jesus blows him up because it's possible to look good on the outside but be messed up on the inside. It's possible to have everything together on the outside but to be messed up on the inside. I, I sent a, a, a message. I'm going to take a side note for a second. I, I sent a message to the church through Facebook and through email, and I encouraged the church. I said, listen, if God brought you here, he brought you here for Jesus, not anyone else. I sent a message to the church to encouraging them, listen, stay focused on Jesus. Don't get caught up while you're here with an unhealthy relationship that can take you far away from the plan of God in your life. If God brought you here, it's because of Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. And so this, this rich young ruler, this young man who thought he had it all together, Jesus kind of blows him up in one of the saddest, saddest verses of the Bible. I want to put it up on the screen. It says, but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful. Wow. One of the most saddest verses in the Bible. You know why? You're not supposed to walk away from Jesus sad. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus glad. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus filled with power. This young man walks away from Jesus sad because the Lord confronted him, I believe, off of the spirit of religion. So prevalent, so prevalent. It blocks the power of God from being fully embraced in our life. Now back to the prayer of Paul in Ephesians. I want to note that one thing that this prayer teaches us is that mental knowledge of God's truth doesn't change us until it penetrates our heart. That's one thing that this prayer teaches us in Ephesians chapter 3, that mental knowledge of God's truth doesn't change us until it penetrates our heart. Now, the problem uh, is that many agree with God, uh, but, the, but agreement in the head doesn't go that far. The problem is many agree with, with what God has done for them in Christ, but the truths have not yet penetrated their heart. That's the problem right there. Therein lies the problem. Our beliefs should affect the way we deal with suffering and power and temptation. Would you agree with that? Our beliefs should affect the way we deal, uh, live in the world. Our beliefs should strengthen us for times of difficulty and hardships. And our, our beliefs should stop us from going down the road of sin and condemnation and destruction. Our beliefs should affect the way we believe, behave. Belief should always affect the way we behave. But can we talk like family this morning? I think... Some would confess that even though they believe in what the Bible says, it hasn't changed their lives. That's a cold reality right there. I think some could confess. You ain't got to do it right now. I'm, I'm just going to do it for you. I think some would confess that even though they believe in what the Bible says, it hasn't changed their life. Like, like you really don't handle suffering different than other people. 
Like, like you really don't handle temptation different than other people. Like, you really don't handle money and power different than other people. A little bit of pain touches our lives and we fall apart. A little bit of frustration touches our life and we go berserk. A little bit of offense touches our life and we run away from it. A little bit of sin shows up on our doorstep and we run away with it. I feel that some could confess that even though we may believe it really hasn't changed our life. Why is that? Why is that? That's the question that we're wrestling with this morning. Why is that? I'm going to tell you why. Because it's not just the mental agreeing with God's truth that transforms you. It's God's truth drilling down into our inner being that transforms us and affects us and makes us stronger. It's God's truth drilling down to our inner being that affects us and transforms us and molds us and shapes us. That's why Apostle Paul prays for their inner being. That's why he prays for their inner being. Someone say inner being. If you have your Bible, circle that word. That's a key word right there, inner being. Why does he pray for their inner being? What is the inner being? Why is that so important? Here it is. The inner being is the center of personal consciousness and identity. The inner being is the center of personal consciousness an identity. It's the place deep in your soul that controls your reality. It's the place deep in your soul that controls your reality. And Paul says, I'm done with surface Christianity. I'm done with just hanging out on top. I need to go deep with the Lord. I need to allow God deep in my heart. There's a reason why Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 in the New Living Translation says, guard your heart. Above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. Young people, guard your heart. Don't allow anything into your heart. Don't allow any words just into your heart. Don't allow any images into your heart. So whatever gets into your inner being controls you. Paul knew this. Whatever you allow into your inner being controls you. Whatever, you. whatever gets into your inner being controls your emotions and your, and your feelings. It directs you. Whatever, whatever you allow into your inner being drives you either forward or backwards. See, God is gathering many people at Chapel of Change. And one thing I've learned is that part of, part of what we do here at Chapel of Change, part of what God is doing here at Chapel of Change is breaking down that which the enemy tried to set up in your inner being for 10 and 20 years. He breaks it down. He destroys it in order to build you back up. That's why you see people at the altar weeping and crying and say, God, have mercy on me because God is doing a spiritual operation and you have allowed things in your inner being You've allowed relationships in your inner being, words in your inner being, images into your inner being that has molded you and shaped you into the wrong way. God sets to destroy those strongholds in your life. See, whatever gets into your inner being controls you. It's a fight for your inner being. Whatever gets into your inner being controls, directs your emotions and your, and your feelings. 
And that's why Paul prays for them to be strengthened with power in their inner being. Let's confess. Some of us have allowed the wrong things into our inner being. Let's confess that some of us are letting the wrong words into our inner being. Let's confess that some of us are letting the wrong images into our inner being. This is why you do not allow a young person to watch a rated R movie or even a PG-13 movie or many of the secular movies. Every time you allow your kid to watch a movie, that is a sermon that is developing their inner being. It's molding them and shaping them. You just turned on the preacher in their life. Paul prays for this inner being to be strengthened with might. Now, what I have learned through the years, and it takes time. This is why we regularly go to church. This is why we regularly go to Bible study. This is why we regularly go to prayer. We're going to be launching prayer stations in the month of October. This is why you got to build these godly habits into your life. Because what I've learned for me at least, and I want the same for you, is that what God has done for me in Christ is my controlling reality. What God has done for me in Christ is my controlling reality. It takes development. It takes spiritual discipline to get to that place where God kind of clears out what somebody done to you, clears out what you've exposed yourself to, and you finally allow what God has done for you in Christ to be your controlling reality. That's why Romans chapter 7 verse 22 says, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law or his word. My inner being. I, I don't want to be a surface Christian. I don't want to just stay on the surface. I want, I want to dig deep down. I want God to come deep down into my heart. See, when God's truth becomes your controlling reality, it doesn't matter what somebody does to you or says to you. When God's truth becomes your controlling reality, it doesn't matter what somebody says to you or does to you. They may abandon you, but you don't live abandoned because that's not your controlling reality. They may reject you, but you don't live rejected because that's not your controlling reality. They may hurt you, but you don't live hurt because that's not your controlling reality. It's one thing to believe in your head what God has done for you in Christ, but it's another thing to allow that truth to enter on the inside to become a controlling reality. Man, it's one thing to allow what God has done to break into your inner being. And this is what some call a fresh spiritual infusion. It's called a fresh spiritual infusion. It's when, it's when the Holy Spirit gives you a fresh infusion of God's truth. It's when the Holy Spirit gives you a fresh infusion of God's love. It's when the Holy Spirit gives you a fresh infusion of God's power. This is separate from your salvation experience. This is, this is moments 
controlled by the Holy Spirit in your journey of serving the Lord and 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 you don't you cannot even control when it's going to happen. You could just set up your life for it to happen. It's when the Holy Spirit infuses you freshly with his power and his love. And it may happen when you're driving down the street at a red light and, and you can't control when it, when it happens. But when it happens, I'm telling you, oh, God. It happened to me uh, yesterday. I woke up from a nap and I just, praise God. I'm blessed. <laughs> you can't, you, you got to be careful because you be, could be riding a bike, riding a bike. You might end up in a, oh, man, God has been good to me. That's an infusion, right? I just got an infusion. I'm telling you, you survive off of them infusion. That's how I've been able to survive for 30 years in this world right here, serving God. Because every now and then, I need a fresh infusion uh, by the Holy Oh, God, help me. That's why Colossians chapter 3, the amplified version, says, let the spoken word of Christ have its home within you, dwelling in your heart. Get this and minds, permeating every aspect of your being, permeating every aspect of your being. That's an infusion right there. That's an infusion right there. Now, the Lord began to deal with me on this particular message uh, about a month ago. So I've been, I've been dealing with this for a month. And he gave it to me when we're flying back, I think, from Orlando, and sometimes God gives me something when we're like a thousand feet in the air, maybe because we're closer to heaven, I don't know. But, I, but this, this message, I'm going to just tell you how, how I got it, right? It's very convicting, but it's also hopeful. It's convicting because, you know, sometimes God just slaps you upside the head. Anybody ever have that experience? Like, I'm going to tell you right now, he ain't always going to just bless you. Sometimes he's going to slap you. And so it's, it's convicting, but on the other side, it's hopeful because I've been studying about Jesus for like 30 years. Like, I've studied about Jesus for 30 years. Like I've been in prison cells just all day long reading books and and magazines, and listening to sermons. So I got a lot of head knowledge about Jesus. Are you following along? But there's no way in the world that all that I have learned from Jesus this last 30 years has actually transformed my heart. Because if it has transformed my heart, I would be far more advanced than where I'm at now. I'd probably be floating right now. So it's hopeful to me because I already have some knowledge of Jesus built up. Now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, by the work of the Holy Spirit, now I just need some of that infusion of what I got in my head to penetrate down to my heart. So that's where the hope is. That's where the, that's where the future is bright in. And you know... You know you get an infusion when you start responding like, like here, here's the signs where you start getting an infusion where you say, man, I knew that, but I never really knew that. That's the sign right there. When you start responding and say, man, I knew that, but now I really know that. 
that's a sign of a spiritual infusion right there. But I'm telling you, because God is not going to teach you something new. There's nothing new underneath the sun. You already know it, but you don't know it. Are you following along? You know it, but you don't know it because it's stuck in your head. Now God got to get into your heart. And when you start responding and say, man, I knew it, but I never really knew it, that is a good sign. It's a good sign. And so my prayer, my prayer is that we start experiencing these spiritual infusions of the Word of God. And again, you cannot control when it's going to happen. You can't even control that it's going to happen, but you can position your heart for it. And we're going to talk more about how to position our heart for it because I want you to experience it, particularly in October when we give ourselves more over to prayer in October. We're just setting it up for right now. But in the meantime, I've been praying this prayer that I want to give you. I've been praying this prayer that I want to give you. Let's put this prayer on the screen. And I want to call the worship team back up. The worship team and the band can come back up. And I want to give you this prayer that I've been praying for the last maybe couple weeks now. And this prayer is going to position your heart for a spiritual infusion. It's not a prayer you say one time. It's a prayer you kind of meditate upon and you bring back to the Lord. And I want to encourage you to start praying it today and put it in your own words. Be careful because you can't control when you get that spiritual infusion. But you're going to know when it hits you. And so I'm going to repeat this prayer. And then I want the worship team just softly in the background to lead us. And I want to encourage us. Start praying this prayer. Or put it in your own words. Just wherever you're at, let's bow our hearts. Say, Lord, infuse us. Go into our inner being. Go into our inner being. Here, here's this prayer. Lord God, unseal my heart. Remove blockers that may be hindering your word from penetrating my heart. Please help what I have learned about your truth to penetrate my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Go back from the top. I want to read it again. Lord God, unseal my heart. Remove blockers that may be hindering your word from penetrating my heart. Please help what I've learned about your truth to penetrate my heart. In Jesus' name. Let's bow our hearts in your own way. I encourage you to say this prayer or something similar to it. Let's, let's position our heart for an infusion. Let's position our heart for an infusion. If you're watching online, I encourage you to bow your heart as well. God can meet you wherever you're at. Don't settle just for head knowledge. Don't settle for just mentally agreeing with God. Let's pray.
Ernie, can you come up here and let's sing a, a chorus. Someone, if you want to help her as well, Nadia. Let's bow our hearts. We want to seal this moment. If there's someone here, well, everybody remains in an atmosphere of prayer. But if there's someone here that senses that you just need extra prayer for them blockers to be removed. You just need extra prayer to break through. Just need extra prayer to break through. I want to ask you that you stand up wherever you're at and we'll pray for you. If you just need extra prayer to break through, I'm going to call my wife, Lord, Pastor Laura. You just need extra prayer to break through. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you've been stuck for a while. Don't settle. Don't settle. There's new levels for you to explore. The kingdom of God is inexhaustible. Jesus is inexhaustible. We're going to pray for a breakthrough. We're going to pray for a breakthrough. Then after we pray for this breakthrough, we're going to seal it with worship. We're going to seal it with worship because worship is part of our breakthrough. You need that prayer. Stand to your feet this morning. Pastor Laura, can you just lead in prayer? Father God, we come before you with a posture of humility and transparency. We thank you for your living and powerful word that is able to break through every mental stronghold and drill deep down into the innermost part of our being. We thank you, Holy Spirit, by faith for a fresh infusion yes, of your Lord. power. Yes, Lord. That will speak life, that will break bondages and barriers and hindrances that have blocked the power of your word from penetrating our hearts. We thank you, Lord God, for the hope that you give to each one of us. We thank you, God, that you are able to do abundantly above all that we can ever ask, think, or imagine. We thank you for your word in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Thank you for giving us, God, a fresh feeling, a fresh understanding, a fresh knowing and awareness. Thank you, God, for giving us the ability to see and to experience and to know the love of God that is so wide and so deep and so high, so long, that is able to take us into places that we've never been before. Thank you for a spiritual breakthrough. Thank you, God, for breaking through every lie of the devil. And we thank you, God, for this spiritual inheritance that you have prepared for each one of us. We thank you, God, for giving us a willingness to receive all that you have for us. Keep our hearts tender and positioned for this infusion of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you by faith in Jesus' name. Amen.
and amen. Let's worship the Lord. Let's seal this moment. Come on, let's open up our hearts and worship. Let's seal this moment. Worship brings a breakthrough. Worship brings a breakthrough. Jesus, I pray breakthrough over everybody in the house today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we refuse to remain stuck, Lord God, and we are breaking through right now in the name of Jesus. We're breaking through to another dimensions of your grace and love, Father God. We are breaking through, Lord God. We will end this year strong in the house of the Lord in Jesus' name. We will end this year strong. And Father God, it is the first Sunday of the month, and I just want to declare blessing over everybody in this house for prioritizing your kingdom and prioritizing your name on this year, first Sunday of the month. May you bless their work. May you bless their family. May you bless the work of their hands. May you bless their mind. May you bless their children. May you bless their grandchildren. May you bless their house. May you bless their health. May you bless their business, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. May you give them networking opportunities in the name of Jesus, Father God. May you give them kingdom connections, Lord God. May you open up doors that no man can close in the month of September, Father God. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you pour down a blessing upon this year, your people that have prioritized you on the first Sunday of the month. Go before them, Father God. Go ahead of them in this month, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare blessing in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Let's welcome Pastor Raymond. Hallelujah. Let's give that, give the Lord a hand praise one more time in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. At this time, we're going to transition to our tithes and offerings portion of the service. And I got a scripture for us. It's found in Romans 12.1. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is true and proper worship. 
So every time we are giving unto the Lord, you know, we, we have an opportunity to give, but we also have an opportunity to worship the Lord, right? When he speaks of offering your bodies in this scripture, it's the whole package. It's the whole package, right? Our time, our talents, and our treasure. So we have an opportunity to give this aspect of God uh, with our treasure that he may be glorified in the work that God is doing here at Chapel of Chain could continue moving forward. As the ushers come up, I have a few announcements. Is there any men in the house? Any men? Wait, 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 wait. Is there any men in the house? Hallelujah. This Saturday, this Saturday, we're having a Kingsmen gathering here in the Paramount campus at 9 a.m. Well, come out. I, I encourage even the wives or, you know, your ladies will release the men to come and experience. See, God does something very unique amongst the men. Something that you cannot get in a, you know, around men and women. It's just something special when men are sharpening other men. So I, I, I encourage everyone to come back this Saturday here in our sanctuary at 9 a.m. There'll be some food in the, in, in, before we meet in the fellowship hall. Then we'll break out here and have a good time in the Lord. See, Brother Nilo, if you want any more information about the upcoming event. Also, we have any women's in the house? All right, all right. One more time. All right, all right. We have a women's retreat coming up this September 22nd and 23rd. It's a one-day retreat leaving Friday and Saturday. There are sign-ups in the back. See Sister Monique in the back. She'll be able to facilitate that and give you all the information that you need. Also, we have membership seminar coming up this uh, next weekend. It'll be at all our campuses, at our Whittier campus on, on Saturday and Paramount, Long Beach and Carson. If you are considering being a member of Chapel of the Change, I highly encourage you guys to come out. So what we do here at Paramount is we have it in between the services. So as we dismiss right now, say it was next week, you would you meet up uh, with uh, with uh, Pastor Vaughn in the back and, and Sister Yvonne in the back. So they'll be leading that charge with the membership. I encourage, even if you have some questions, you want to explore that, it's available this coming weekend here at Paramount Campus. Uh, let us pray for the offering, and I'm going to release us with the blessing. But before I do that, we have four ways to give here. We have oh, many ways, actually. So um, it's going to be on the screen. Also, we have Scan to Give, where you can use your phone app, so you can give that way. And we have somebody that will facilitate that in the back with a debit card if you want to give by debit card. Or right here, as the ushers are released, you can give that way as well. So I just want to thank everyone that's been giving, those who are on online and everybody that is continuing to be faithful in their tithes, I want to thank you for on behalf of Chapel of Change. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the ability to give. We thank you, God, that we're able to give because you have first given to us, God. So, God, let it, let it be a sacrifice, Lord, as we release these funds. Let it be a worship unto you, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we want to just come alongside and continue to have people experience your love and your power in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Ushers, you are released.
Hallelujah. Can we give a round of, our, of applause to our band? We have a talented band back here. We have Brother Edwin. Amen. Brother Henry back over here. I don't know what instrument that is, but it looks like a guitar. We have Brother Ray over here. Give it up for Brother Ray. And BJ in the house on drums. We are blessed with talented musicians, singers. So um, you guys don't understand. We are so blessed. But, um, but with that, I just want to remind you, ladies, see Sister Monique in the back. If you're a woman and you can uh, leave for a day, I urge you to go join the women's retreat up in Big Bear. Um, it's going to be an, a good time. It's always, it's always good to get together with other women, worship the Lord, hear the word of the Lord, and uh, bonds get we strengthen our bond um, together. So I urge you to go see her in the back. And then if you're new here, if um, you can just, before you leave, uh, Ray and I would like to talk to you a little bit about membership. So don't leave here without us. We're going to seek you out, too, because we know who you are. But um, come see us. We'd, we'd love to talk and pray with you. Um, we want to go ahead and have and send you off with a blessing. I'm going to ask some of our pastors and leaders to come up. You know, as we've been talking about, April is our month of prayer. We're a church who believes in prayer. Our first core value is we are people who pray. And so in the month of October, a lot of our leaders are going to have different prayer stations where you, I'm urging you, start thinking now, get connected. What day of the week? Because we usually have one every day of the week on Zoom or in person. But we are people who pray. So we have some of our pastors and leaders here that are ready to pray with you. Don't leave. If you need prayer, we want to come in agreement with you, okay? We want to pray with you. If you can put your hands out in a receiving posture, and we're going to bless you out. In the name of the Father, who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And in the name of Jesus that died on that cross for you and I so that we can live. And in the name of the Holy Spirit that reminds us to go deeper with the Lord. Go today with the power, the protection, and the peace of God. In Jesus' name, God bless you. God bless you.